Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Can I Steal You For A Second? I'm Ashley Young, here with Shay Corgan, and we are here to talk about Listen To Your Heart. We've survived three episodes, <laughs> and um, I think it's safe to say, Shay, that we are still all in. Yes, I mean, I feel like maybe this is too, without a totally unnecessary metaphor, like a pool that we've jumped into and we have not actively climbed out of it, so by default we're still all in. Um, but it does seem like it's, I don't know, I'm settling into it. I, too, am settling into it. I think that we were all in because we are stuck in quarantine and had nothing better to look forward to. Um, and we're craving for some kind of reality television that wasn't on Netflix. Um, but this show has really, um, it's caught my attention. And I think I was most excited for these musical performances. And we finally got that last night. But in true Bachelor form, before we started watching these, uh, you know, performances unfold, there was a lot of tension and drama in the mansion. And that's what I really want to talk about, because even though I just hyped up the performances, it's the drama we all love and we all know from Bachelor Nation. Um, I don't even know where to start with it other than uh, can we please talk about uh, Brandon and how we just basically last week talked about how vanilla he was we can't believe that he's the player of the mansion and we're still dealing with his nonsense this week yeah so even before chris harrison rolls in with like a classic bachelor ultimatum which he tells the group that you know you have to find he's like music is important but love is more important um like you have to find someone to pair up with and if you don't have and go on this journey with and if you don't by the end of I don't know the day or whenever it was then you have to go you like he was like you must pack your things but before he even says that before it's even on the table Brandon is approaching Julia to he's just like say very directly that the reason he didn't pick her was that he knew Sheridan would pick her so he like wanted to keep his options open which is just the gall there just I'm like okay um, it's like, how dare you have strategy in this reality television competition when you're supposed to be there for the right reasons? And it's so shady. I love it. I absolutely love the antics. It's like, it's worse that like he wasn't framing it as strategy. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there was a way that you could frame it as strategy for it to come off like nicely, but like it very much didn't seem like... I don't know. It, it seemed much shadier and sketchier than, you know, I'm thinking about the game. So Julia, I mean, it, it was shady. It was shady. I'm not condoning his behavior. <laughs> I just want to go on the record saying that, but you have to re remember, like no one is there to find love. Come on. We're, we've long since moved on from this idea that people are there to find love because they believe in this fairy tale, nationally televised romance. Like, they're there to get the clout, to get the followers, and boost their music career. And the fact that he has the audacity to tell that to someone's face, it's great television. I'm obsessed with it. Uh, yeah, I wish he had, he had been even, like, more explicit about, like, I want to know how well we sing together or whatever. Um, but Julia goes directly. This is, this is the last moment of the episode potentially the series that I liked, Julia, the final moment. <laughs> she goes and she goes to like the girl's room and tells Savannah that, um, that 
whatever his name is, Brandon had just told her all the stuff. And like, I don't think Julia's heart was in the right place here, but I did appreciate her being up front and saying like, as the, I don't, I don't need an other woman ish being like, Hey, I know that you think you're in a relationship with him, but this is what he's telling me. And at that point, they seem relatively on the same page where like Savannah's up front about how she has feelings for him and like thinks it's very serious. And then Julia's up front about, you know, what he's been telling her. And it seemed like, ah, good, like communication. And then it kind of, it spirals from there. (laughs) To put it delicately, it totally spirals. Cause I agree with you that there, we have from the teasers and the little snippets, we have grown to paint Julia as the villain And there was a fleeting moment in that episode where I was like, you know what? I appreciate her bringing this situation to light, kind of nipping it in the bud and be like, hey, girl, stab, I love you. She didn't say that, putting words in her mouth. But she basically was like, woman to woman, if you're invested in this, he's clearly got one foot out the door. Make of that what you will. And I was like, you know what? I know she's shady and I don't trust her, but I did appreciate the transparency. So I agree. There was a little fleeting moment last night where I was like, oh, Maybe Julia's not all bad. And that's that's the first domino of of this of this morning, I guess. I can't remember what time of day it was. It doesn't matter. Time um, doesn't exist in the Bachelor Mansion. I'm like, have weeks gone by? Has it been hours? I really don't know. Or in my apartment, but that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so Savannah goes and talks to Brandon. Brandon I can't even constantly get him right. I think he acknowledges it, but he also commits to Savannah. I mean, like, you're the one that I want to do this with. You're my pick, blah, blah, blah. Savannah is all shaken up. She's crying on a couch when Gabe, remember him, comes over and sits down next to her. This scene destroyed me because just the context of, like, clearly she might not have been actively crying, but she was very upset. And he plops down next to her to just, like, lay his heart on the line. Like, man, read the room. Like, this is not the <laughs> conversation. Um, but I also suppose there was no other time. So he tells her, while she's still, like, very upset, almost actively crying, that she's the only one that he could possibly see going forward with. So either, like, she picks him or... Um, he's going to go home. And so, like, that's another thing thrown at her. And actually, I think I'm actually wrong. I feel like she gets this information before she talks to Brandon, where it seems like she Yeah, does. she does. He's at this time. So, the poor girl is just, you know, chilling, clearly distraught, trying to, like, get her head on straight. And classic Gabe rolls in. Like, what, dude, like you said, read the room. She's upset. You guys clearly have no connection. Like, She's invested in someone else. You know she's invested in someone else. She's upset crying alone. And you just want to dump this on her plate. And you expect her to be like, you know what? Thank you. Like, all my tears are just gone. Gabe, this is great timing. Great idea. Like, what an idiot. Gabe, you're oblivious. You're cool. Crying over someone else. And now, like, she has to deal. Like, it basically has his, like, quote, unquote, like, fate resting on her decision where it's like hey no pressure but i'm going home unless you pick me like that's not what do we say about ultimatums don't do them we don't Uh, do ultimatums they're shady so he was with rudy or ruby who has the pink hair for anyone that's trying to keep up and struggling as much as i have ruby pink hair 
last week, so very briefly. And GSA, so like as the dominoes go, Savannah tells Gabe, yeah, no. Gabe then goes home, which means Ruby's date, or former date, is no longer there. So she goes home. And she kind of does, she, she gets a little crying confessional in the car and does say, like, I, I feel like I didn't really have a chance on this show, which is fair. And I would blame the setup of the show because, I don't know, if you're introducing somebody new, maybe give them a second to meet people before you declare everybody needs to pair up or go home. In any case, the Miranda and Julia thing sends all that, all those ripple effects. Gabe's gone. Ruby's gone. And we have our couples, question mark. For, wait, what couples? The sort of Chris Harrison's couples when he demands everyone pairs up. Oh, yeah. No, he definitely came in hot. It was like Shades of Bachelor in Paradise where, like, the first couple episodes, you're like, oh, this is so cute. Everyone's making out on the beach. And then all of a sudden, Chris Harrison's like, this is real life. Time to get serious. So there ends up being seven couples. Also, I just need to call out Brandon's line really quick because it was my favorite part in the show. He, again, Savannah's crying. Brandon is shady. And he totally, he's kind of gaslighting her. And he says, do you want to do this or do you want to go home and cry? And I was like, Savannah, this man is a monster. You need to go. You're so pretty. You're so talented. Um, What are you doing crying over this guy that won't even let you articulate your frustrations with his behavior? So that really bothered me, but I do was laughing out loud that his way of de-escalating the situation was like, all right, shut up and stop crying or go home. That tells me all I need to know. Him and Julia would be like a dumpster fire together, but I love the chaos. And yeah, it's it's not even like what was rich and terrible about that line is that like it, it was the moment where it was like, it's not like Brandon's not just trying to have his cake and eat it too here. He's a jerk. Like he's an asshole. Like, <laughs> yeah. Is saying that doing what he was doing was not great. Not a great look for old Brandon, but like, you know, not the kind of part of the course of the show like this. Saying that to her, like, do you want to do this or do you want to go home and cry? Like you are a terrible person. Um, it is. I mean, that. Not, everyone's not everyone's great at like when someone's crying. I know I'm the one that's definitely like very awkward in that situation, but he's just an asshole and I have no sympathy for him. So um, on that note, like I said, don't condone Brandon, but as a television consumer, I love him. He's great TV. Indeed he is. You know who's not great TV? I forgot their names already. Becca and Danny. Okay. <laughs> I disagree because I loved how awkward they were. I yeah, I just didn't think they were, they were I they were so forgettable, which is an awful thing to say about two human beings. But I just kept forgetting that they were there. They get the date card and their date. First off, the dates in the show are all over the place. They went shopping and they got like I did appreciate the the woman who was like hosting it she was like take what you like tell me what stands out to you and then i'm gonna escalate it like i'm gonna turn that dial to 11 um but also it's like your job is to just go buy some clothes <laughs> what is happening here i would be 
low-key insulted if they're like, Ashley, for your date, we're going to up your wardrobe and give you professional assistance because you clearly can't handle it on your own. Like that's what I made of that date because they were so vanilla and so forgettable. They're like, we'll give them a chance to like, you know, little, little spark. And the date was just like, whatever. Um, I do like them as friends though, because she, like they're both, they're sort of descriptions to a T like she her background musical theater and she has big theater kid energy and he's a celebrity impersonator on YouTube and he has big YouTube personality energy and like congratulations to both of them on that but this isn't really the show where either of those uh you know strengths shine um I can't get over theater kid energy and YouTube energy because now that you've put those descriptions in my head You can't unsee it. You can't unsee it. Um, At the end of their date, though, you know, as if they weren't clicking enough, as if we hadn't asked ourselves 12 times in the 30 minutes of the episode, who's Becca? Who's Danny? Um, They end their date in the hot tub. And it is the most, like, uncomfortable friend zone sibling. Like, nothing is there. It is just weird to watch. There is clearly no connection. And it's not even like they're trying to fake it for the cameras. Like, it's very apparent there's nothing there. And Becca's, like, looks into the camera absolutely kill me. And I just can't think of a more awkward place to expose that there's nothing there than, like, six inches from each other in the hot tub. Speaking of Becca's reaction faces, though, here's an idea for ABC. Steal something from Survivor. Keep the contestants around as a kind of, like, jury or judge panel. So the couples that don't get roses become judges or like sit on, you know, the music judging panel and the relationship judging panel the next week. Shay, I'm obsessed with that because I feel like this is aggressive, but there are shades of survivor here where they're trying to form like alliances and like who can help me survive this very chaotic, romantic and musical journey. I love that. Like strategy and like your not your people game there's there's an expression on survivor of what they call them like the relationship aspect of it but yeah no no we'll circle back to that because the judges were a little bit of a hot mess but before we get to the judges there's one more thing that i know riled us up um after oh there's a second date do we care not really it's ryan and natasha which no one believes to be a couple even though they're both incredibly talented and i like them individually they go to a Chris Lane concert. Everyone knows Chris, oh, right. Chris's wife, Lauren, of Bachelor um, Nation fame. Uh, Lauren, Lauren B, the OG Lauren B. She makes an appearance, of course. They had to work that in. They go to a concert. It's cute. It's whatever. But we circle back to Julia, the root of all chaos in this episode. She and Savannah have another little tiff because uh, Julia is upset over, like, quote, all the PDA. It's excessive. It's deliberate. It's intentional. And Savannah is like, what are you talking about? And they're going back and forth, talking in circles. And Julia tells the biggest lie I've ever heard on Bachelor Nation, which is, I don't have any feelings for Brandon. And is completely spinning it on poor Savannah. Yeah. And then, so a couple things here. First off, we don't see everything that they see, but the way it's shot like, yeah, they're, like, making out, but also, like, they're practicing their song, which is, like, the point. And also, they're in other rooms, so it's, like, it's not 
like they're sitting at a dinner table and they're, you know, going at each other two feet from Julia. Like they are giving as much space as a couple living in a house with other people can. Kind yes. of. Uh, and also to Savannah's point, I think she says this, maybe it was in a teaser. This seems like drama we're going to have for a while. Like they're like Brandon quote unquote, like picked her. So like they're pursuing their relationship. Like that's how this works. Um, but the thing that really got me and when I was really, I'm not going to be able to stand Julia for long was when she started falling on me, like, um, she's not here for the right reasons language. And like, you know, she's just inauthentic and not being genuine. And when they sort of have their like little confrontation later, Savannah kind of says, like, what are you, what are you talking about? It's like, of all the insults or the accusations to lob at Savannah, that one's particularly insane because, like, how, how on earth do you know that? <laughs> it's, like, as if she was just kind of, like, spying, which is kind of creepy. Like, nothing helps Julia's credentials here. She's manipulative. She's angry. She's bitter. She's lying. Like, everything she says just digs herself deeper. It's, like, go be bitter and upset that Brandon picks Savannah, but don't make it so obvious. Like it's not a good look. Yeah. And like, it's not even like Savannah is even as a best we can tell friends with any of the other men in the house. So it's not like <laughs> there's nothing going on that could like potentially be construed at, again, that we're seeing could potentially be construed as like signs of, you know, her two timing or being disingenuous. It, it was, it seemed like, you know, Julia was panicking and, you know, just went to the first bachelor line, bachelor drama line she could think in her head and be like, oh, yeah, you're not being genuine. And, and then not to jump ahead to the music, but I can't remember what couple was performing. I think it might have been um, Brie and Chris, but like they were applauded for their authenticity. And in a camera sort of aside, Julia goes and like, oh, yeah, and they were just so authentic, which is the thing I really value in people. it's it's like you're too old to be that petty like you're 27 years old Julia like get it figured out you're a grown-ass woman stop being petty I don't I don't get it and let's not forget that Julia is paired up with Sheridan who just seems like such a genuine and kind-hearted individual Mm -hmm. the fact that he's with this monster I just it breaks my heart because he just seems like he's going to get walked all over. Like all his eggs are in this basket. He is totally invested in Julia, like is blind to whatever chaos. And like, she's just a mess and he's so sweet. And I don't, it's not even like an opposites attract thing. It's like a, you clearly have someone who's more dominant and just has a total hold on this very sweet and curly haired man. And I, it breaks my heart. I'm suddenly, like I said, I'm all in, I'm suddenly invested because he does seem like such a pushover. Yeah. So she can run around and cause chaos and lie to the cameras and say she's not into Brandon when she's clearly obsessed. And I don't like to use the word obsessed, but she's obsessed. And, you know, Sheridan's just cruising along. Cruising what, along. How about Sheridan? It's like you said, like, all his eggs are in that basket. And, like, it's not even sort of by his choice anymore. Where, like, theoretically, I'm not totally sure how you know, couple swap it could go. But if presumably if Brandon decides to like bail on Savannah and go with Julia, 
Sheridan's option is then to pair up with Savannah, but like based on Chris Harrison's rules of like, you must be in love with the person. Clearly that just means they're both going home. Like there's no real sort of, I don't know, contingency or or alternative option when, when you're like the scorned one, like that seems shitty. Like you get dumped and you're immediately out of the competition. Brutal. It's like just hit him where it hurts twice. Our producer Hunter just messages Sheridan is the mark from Love is Blind, which makes sense because Julia is definitely the Jessica from Love is Blind. Yes. yes, And then now that I see that the energy is so real, like (laughs) everyone loved Mark because he was invested. He seemed like a good committed guy and he was infatuated with Jessica, who was clearly in love with someone else. Wow. All TV circles back to my Netflix binging. Yeah, I saw a tweet that I can't remember who the third one was, but it was like always be careful of reality TV contestants whose names we with Jay. And it was Julia, Jessica, and somebody else. But in any case, let's talk about the music. I love the music. Let's talk about it. Uh, we have the competition finally. There's seven couples that link up really quick. We have Jamie and Trevor and Natasha and Ryan, Julia and Sheridan, Savannah and Brandon, Rudy and Matt, Bree and Chris, Becca and Danny. Seven couples that are allegedly in love and also really excited to perform together. And they are practicing all week, heading into the competition. Two things that I noticed though, really quick, Rudy, who week one was chaotic and crying, is crying again, practicing. She lacks confidence. And so does sweet baby Jamie. They both are crying and nervous. And I just don't get how performing on a stage is somehow more intimidating than going on national television. But whatever, that's besides the point. We go to the performances and we have three of the most random, I guess four, judges (laughs) that the Bachelor producers could have strung together. We have uh, Kesha. Love Kesha. Um, If you don't know what Kesha looks like, you probably wouldn't recognize her because she had dark hair. And when I think of Kesha, I think of like glitter and blonde and feather extensions. Yeah. And then we also had Jason Mraz, who (laughs) I think he introduced himself to me as Jason. And I would not know who that was. I realized he looked so much like Seth Meyers. I kept thinking it was like Seth Meyers in character. Oh my God. Now that you say that I'm pulling it up because it looks just like him. Seth Meyers in a hat. Um. (laughs) (laughs) That's so real. Like he could be one of the Myers brothers. That's so funny. And then counting as a, I guess one judge, even though there are two people, Jojo and Jordan Rogers. So again, we had to mix in some bachelor nation royalty um, I don't really understand why Jordan was there, but he was. Uh, yeah. Jojo was sweet, though. They're there to, to evaluate how much these couples love each other. I was a little, I felt a little uh, betrayed and or teased when uh, Chris Harrison led with, like, on our first judge is Jojo. And I am still a fan of, you know, early aught songstress Jojo, one name. Um, so I was really hoping that she, she seemed like the right level of obscure musical judge for them. Um, and then it was Jojo Fletcher. I was like, oh, well. Can't I also had that moment. Shame me too. I was like, because <gasps> I am obsessed with Jojo. I absolutely love her. Um, yeah. And I was really excited because she has kind of like grown into herself. If you don't follow Jojo yeah. these days, 
she's still disgustingly talented and has a really nice sense of humor. So um, Jojo making great music. Good stuff. Yeah. OG Jojo. But this Jojo is sweet too. I have no reason not to like her. It just, you know, when my heart went in one direction, this was a tough pill to swallow. And the whole couple acting as an entity was strange to me, but uh, yeah, these are our elite judges to determine whether these couples are in love and also musically talented and how you do that in a 90 second song is beyond me, but I need to circle out of this realism that I find myself in. Um, But it was interesting that they, first of the bachelor people uh, assigned the songs. So they didn't get to pick them, which was like funny on like a level of like what they actually, like the words that they were singing each other. Um, But to your point about like being able to like sell the relationship, which I don't really think, any of them did like even Chris and Brie who we all love and feel very confident. I, I feel very confident in their relationship. Like they were just kind of a little bit of flat. And I had mm-hmm. the opinion that I then tweeted about that. I genuinely believe the best musical chemistry on stage comes from bad relationships. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That they're either cheating on their respective people with each other or at some point in a relationship. And now they're cheating on each other. Like, it just, the more toxic, the better the performance, which is a really bad thing. But also, that is—I don't know—that that's that's the good stuff. No, you're absolutely right because who wants to see a stable, happy, giddy, awkward couple on stage? You want the tension. Yeah. You want the people that are kind of like fiery and have steam to let off. You're absolutely right. So. Uh, let's go through the performances because there are seven and I don't want to spend too long on them um, because we won't do them justice. But the first couple that comes out is Rudy and Matt and they sing Fallen All in You by Shawn Mendes, um, which is a cute song. And they did a really good job. And honestly, it kind of set the bar too high for me for the rest of the performances. But what was your takeaway from the first song? Um, I was kind of with um, old Jason Mraz on this, where like Rudy blew me away, um, and that was I don't know that it's nice, especially because you saw some insecurity from her before, but also just generally, it's it's nice when the people they cast on the music show can actually sing, and it's it Rudy Rudy has some pipes. Um, Imagine that they're cast yeah. on the music show, they can sing. Matt was just kind of there as well, but I did like um after how sort of supportive he was of her and like i always watch his closed captions on um for more aggressive screenshot purposes <laughs> but you catch lines that like are either like whispered or aren't always as um you wouldn't necessarily notice if you were just watching like a normal person um and he had like i think like a little bit of like just like supportive like oh yeah like this was great like really good job and i was like oh man that's nice I know they were cute. I was like you said, I was more impressed by Rudy, but again, they've known these people for what, 36 hours. And now they're trying to convey their talent and their connection on a hyper produced and edited television show. Like I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I did just realize that they had the kind of volatile relationship that should have, they should have performed like last week when they were mad at each other. (laughs) (laughs) But it's such a gentle song too. Like, that's what I also don't think is fair. You said the producers pick the songs they have to sing. I'm sorry. Well, I'm jumping ahead here. 
but like Julia and Sheridan sang a Backstreet Boys song and not like a niche one. It was As Long As You Love Me. Like, I'm sorry, that's a bad karaoke song. How are you supposed to convey a relationship and your musical talents with like a boy band karaoke go-to song? But the unjust of that, or maybe it's the case in point, Chris and Brie, the second couple, were given a goddamn home run with (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's go to Brie and Chris, because they're clearly the most, uh, everyone loves them. Everyone's like, just send them home and let them like live their life together. They're super cute. They're clearly in love. And then they had, like you said, a home run of a song. So the producers are skewing this, which I'm all for, but not to this degree. Yeah, I mean, I... This is where I, I kind of made my peace with, I don't know, I don't mind the Chris and Brie getting, like, a home run song because it feels like relationship-wise um, and music talent-wise, they're both blue. But I'm never going to be mad that they move forward on either of those bases. bases. Um, so I don't, you know, like, sort of stacking the deck a little bit by giving them beyond, like, fine whatever i will focus my producer related you know skepticism elsewhere (laughs) Uh, yeah but so they were cute um jason mraz was definitely the most critical of all the judges um and his feedback i was a little upset with this because he said that he was like chris that was perfect it was great and then he was like but brie you know I couldn't, you were trying to entertain the audience and also like, I, your man. So were you in love with us or were you in love with him? Like Jason, it can be both. Like, I don't want to go to a show where the performer doesn't acknowledge the audience. Right. Like I couldn't believe that he was, that was his feedback for her. It was strange. Like the kind of thing where, you know, he, he was taking his job seriously, um, perhaps too seriously and was just trying to like find, find something to say. Um, I noticed it too, more because it seemed like awkward stage presence where she she didn't quite nail the balance of those two things. But yeah, it seemed very much like this is not indicative of her actually being here for the wrong reasons or whatever. It's just like she maybe wasn't sure what she was supposed to do. Fair. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) It's also at this point in the episode that our uh, Jamie, young baby Jamie, says in all seriousness, wait, I didn't know we were going to be judged in front of everyone, which again is like, even if there's not literally a panel of judges, you're on national television with people like you and I judging the shit out of you and your performance and these dumb one-liners that you keep having. Like you are going to be judged. Why does she have such, like, I don't know if this, her, her being naive is like a shtick or if she's genuinely that ill-informed, but also said that she like performing in front of people was a fear of hers. I was like, I was under the impression you wanted to be a professional musician. What did you think that entailed? I know, like pick a lane. It's a national tour. Like <laughs> I yeah. I'm I'm with you. I mean I think I feel I don't know, like a old crone or something, because every time she does anything, I just think, oh, you are so young. Like it feels yeah, like her naivete or whatever. Like, I I hope it's real because I don't know. I don't have a lot of time for people that 
intentionally sort of play that up. But it's, yeah, it's a lot. And I was like, oh, you, you sweet child. Yeah. <laughs> I know this is what you got into. Right. Like you said, there's just a, a little bit of a disconnect going on. Um, my favorite performance of the night because it was so god awful. A couple number three, Becca and Danny after their cringy hot tub uh, photo shoot shopping date, uh, they were gifted the song Ho Hey by the Lumineers, which again, is not really a great song in my opinion to show off your musical talents. Um, but they did possibly the strangest rendition I have ever heard. Like anyone who's ever been in a dentist's office waiting room has heard this song. Like it's always on generic radio, right. but what what I don't, I don't even know how to describe it like the tune sounded different everything about the song was just like their own version and it was really bad I can't sing worth a damn but like this song was so strange yeah and it was like you said it was a weird arrangement of the song which I don't know if that's on them or not I think it is I feel like they're giving them at least some sort of control with that the song, which was like, it, it doesn't, I don't, I don't have a good enough uh, recall of the lyrics to say whether it qualifies as a love song or not, but I always think of it in addition to just being absolutely everywhere in 2012, whenever it was that it came out, it was like when they had those two children cover it on uh, the TV show Nashville, which is a show that I did watch for a brief period of time. And I was like, what, what is going on here? Like, it, I don't know. It seemed like, I don't know, the opposite of assigning Leon Bridges. Like, we're here's a song that isn't particularly romantic that we're going to arrange in a way that angers fans is nigh unrecognizable. Um, and then we're going to give it to a couple that already has negative chemistry. So, yeah, like they just set them up to fail. And quite frankly, I wanted those five minutes of their performance back because I was not entertained. I was like, okay, this is fun to shit talk and, you know, text my friends about, but as someone watching the episode, like what is going on back here? And I sent it in our group chat, but there's a God awful gift going around of them kissing and Becca just curves him. Danny can't keep a straight face before he tries to kiss her, ends <laughs> up like awkwardly kissing her like cheekbone. The whole thing is a hot mess. So there's nothing remotely believable about them as a couple. And that performance was, like you said, just hard to make sense of. Oh, boy. And then, wait, JoJo hit him with an iconic line. There's a strong friendship between you two right now, which is probably the last thing you want to hear if you're trying to sell that you're a romantic couple. Yeah, that was was rough. Um, But also, I don't know, I'm suddenly struck by sympathy for them just based on the premise of the show where it's like, you know, it's the, they're, they were making the best with like, they're still there. They did. Uh, our producer Hunter was throwing some criticism at Ruby, the pink haired woman for just like bailing one. It seemed like there wasn't anyone around, like they're to the opposite of that. Like, you know, they had their partner and they're like, let's try to make this happen. Even though there was nothing there. And no, they tried. You're right. They tried. There's credit in that. Um, next couple, Savannah and Brandon, uh, we all know them very well. We went from like the two people we were kind of like, who are they to Savannah and Brandon, 
They sang I Want You to Want Me by Cheap Trick. And it was pretty good. It was fine. This was the part. <laughs> <laughs> this was the part of the performances where I realized, or I got annoyed that I was like, I don't think this is also this this show, this podcast is coming out for all my strongly held like sidebar musical opinions. Uh, like not all songs need acoustic covers. Like you could just pick a song that is already a you know romantic ballad rather than taking a cheap trick song and you know throwing it over a guitar like it, i mean i i get these sort of on the noseness of the lyrics that they they picked for savannah and brandon but part of me was like could any of just pick the song that already works rather than like giving us this washed down cover that just makes me want to watch 10 things i hate about you again <laughs> no you're right because when you give them songs like the performances before them where it's a really cute and slowed down sean mendes song you have a leon song like there's songs that people listen to it's like coffee shop music where it's light it's bubbly you buy into the feelings there um they were robbed of that authenticity i will give you points for that because it didn't it kind of missed the mark but we're not here to judge the musical selection shay we're here to judge the authenticity of their relationship and the extent of their talent which it's kind of there yeah yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> we also watching this performance between Savannah and Brandon were coming fresh off the nightmare that was Becca and Danny. So yeah, I think I, the bar had been set so low that I was like, wow, they're really good. But I had forgotten our our stronger intros, but it was fine. Um it was just it was not here nor there, but I thought it was good. Yes, would agree. Okay, so a fair assessment. And then, of course, um, as TV works, we go into Julia and Sheridan, who um, sang As Long As You Love Me by the Backstreet Boys, which I've already given you all my two cents on this song selection. It's a strange song um, to pick song, like a song that's as old as I am. And yeah, it just, it was, a, like I said, it's an old song. It's a weird song. But they, they did well. They performed it well. They're both clearly talented. And I was pleased with the performance. I was not blown away, but I was I was sold. I can't remember what song it was, but I was more impressed. Did they Were they the ones that covered the Bones? I was more impressed by whatever song they did on that radio station. Yes. Than this choice. But again, that's a music selection nitpick and out of their control. At this point in the competition, I was just kind of just cruising where it was like i i was disappointed that actually sort of none of them were blowing me away but also kind of you know had made my peace with it i feel like you can kind of you knew the front runners both from like a musical standpoint and a relationship standpoint and so i was just kind of you know enjoying the show at this stage i feel you and they kind of called him out sheridan were like you could tell like you were infatuated you had love in your eyes and it just is like, okay, is it that obvious that even on a stage, he's so much more invested in this relationship than Julia is? Like, he was exposed. Um, but you talk about not being blown away. I was blown away by the next performance. Um, it was Ryan and Natasha, who are one of the more random couples left on this episode. But they sang Stay by Rihanna, which I will... Full disclosure, admit my Rihanna bias. I am obsessed with her. 
think she's queen of the world. But Natasha blew me away. I didn't know she could sing like that. Yeah, that was an amazing. I, okay, this was a good and like good on them for um, <laughs> sort of however many people in were at this point. Kind of, it wasn't quite a Leon Bridges home run, but I would say it's up there where they gave them a song that plays to their strengths. Um, it's already a duet. It's already sort of relatively slow paced. Um, and yeah, Natasha crushed it. <laughs> and, you know, Ryan, to quote Jason Mraz, was also great. <laughs> also. He clearly was a sidebar in that performance. Like, they don't have the romantic chemistry. Natasha is just, uh, you know, next to him. Like, Ryan was the star of episode one, but Natasha was the star of that stage. Like, she just has a very powerful presence and voice. And I think they both would do better as independent performers. Like watching them, could you imagine them headlining a tour together? It would be so awkward. Like imagine their faces on a t-shirt together, like <laughs> at the merch tent or like at the front of the arena on like the Jumbotron. Like nothing about that is believable, but I do really enjoy both of them as independent performers. Yeah, so that's my Natasha Ryan take. Musical genre aesthetics are and are so different from like a, like you said, like <laughs> the merge or like the style or the set design, which is like getting way ahead. But like, yeah, they seem oddly paired, but I did, that was the one performance or the first performance where I really thought what you just said was like these, both of these people are super talented, but would be better as solo artists and sort of thinking about also the inherent awkwardness in the premise of using the show to launch a duo as opposed to like, I don't know. I, there are, I don't know, I'm trying to think of good, like two, two people acts and like, they're definitely out there, but it, it seems what we're going to see ultimately is, you know, even in terms of like the tour, like what, are they going to perform a full set of duets or are they going to do like, you know, some of, the man's and some of the, I don't know, this is again, this is not particularly interesting. I don't know. Why we're this is when we fall down in our rabbit hole of being realists where we don't buy into the, the show. Um, I, I did like their performance. Performance was good. I guess uh, if anyone was unaware, the prize is the fact that the couple gets to work with a producer, they'll record original songs and go on tour. Who they'll go on tour for? God knows, because I can't imagine any of these people will have fans which is cynical, but you have to build up a following and there's a difference. I don't know, whatever. Again, realist, I need to stop because we have more performances to talk about. Uh, couple number seven, uh, Jamie and Trevor, who again, Jamie was sick to her stomach, nervous, rolling around, doing some very intense squats because she didn't know that they were going to be judged live. And she apparently has a fear of performing uh, but they sang I Could Use a Love Song by Maren Morris, which is a cute little song. I think it suits them. And it was good. Yeah. I just, it was good. It wasn't my favorite, but it was good. The judges were blown away. And I don't know whether it's just like they're sweet angels and they saw her nervousness and were being very supportive or what. Um, but yeah, like I, I was with you. I was kind of like, well, this is like... It, it was solidly, I think I would say, my third favorite or most impressive performance after Chris and Brie and Ryan and Natasha. But it wasn't like, 
I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, okay. And after seven, I kind of was like, again, we have nothing. We don't know what to expect. It's not like there's been 20 seasons of this show, like American Idol, where you know how things unfold. I think there was a part of me that was still trying to grasp the layout of this show. Um, and in hindsight, looking back at the performances, maybe I was too eager for the first couple. And then towards the end, I had higher standards. I don't know. Overall, it was like, okay, performances. It was cute. I liked seeing them uh, perform, but I was curious how the rose ceremony was going to go. And it was, I think I'm being polite by saying it was incredibly awkward. It was strange. Yes. So Chris, go ahead, take it away. Explain it for anyone who didn't have to sit through this weird, prolonged, awkward rose ceremony. All the couples are in the rose ceremony room or whatever it's called. And all the roses are displayed. And the couples have been picked by the judges. And then Chris Harrison announces the couple. And then the couples come forward. And then they ask each other if they will accept the rose. Which just feels like... I don't know. If that's, if that's not, like, paid off next week with somebody saying no um, where they get by on like performance, but then are rejected. It's just, it's, it's too much. And it, I don't know. It just like was filler. It was very strange. It was filler. And it was like a little redundant. We, it was kind of like, just give them the roses and let them go walk in the back room and stand in front of that camera. We love where they make faces and react to the couples. Like we love that. Yeah, there was also a whole the strange development of like you had the drama of like Chris Harrison announcing and then asking each other, but then they also would try to switch and do the drama of the couples, you know, staring down that hallway, seeing who was going to turn the corner. So you had like them walking around, like Chris Harrison said their name, and then you also heard them ask. It was just, it was a strangely edited sequence. It was so weird. Um, I guess. It was to no one's surprise that Becca and Danny were the couple that got sent home. Yeah. Um, which, as much as I loved kind of making fun at how awkward they were, it did take away from couples that I I believed in and want to like root for and see them perform. Um, and after that god awful whatever they sang, um, I was kind of happy to see them go. But it was sad. They're you know cruising away in different uh, SUVs crying and uh i guess you know it was, it was a little sad it was i felt like i was finally kind of learning more about them and i was invested uh but yeah i wasn't shocked there was nothing shocking about that rose ceremony there was no drama it was prolonged and then it was like okay duh of course they're going home and like even the cynic in me that's like oh you have this judge panel picking people obviously it's going to be savannah and brandon for the drama because they the final two couples were Savannah and Brandon and Becca and um, Danny. But even like, even the cynic and me like couldn't like, no, like Savannah and Brandon gave a better musical performance than Becca and Danny. Like, unfortunately, Becca and Danny were sort of last place at all marks um, as lovely as human beings, as I'm sure they are. Yeah, I would have to say this episode, I think might have been my favorite one so far. Interesting. I think I, I think I maybe like the first one the best because it was just all new and chaotic. But I, <laughs> to our previous conversation of like, are you all in still and all that? I am excited or relieved or 
comforted, I don't know, knowing that this is like a five episode deal. So like we have one more episode of action and then we have the finale and like, yes, those are two hours each, but there's, there's comfort in knowing like, you know, this Savannah Brand and Julia Sheridan thing cannot be extended all that much longer. Like they have to get the couples down to two relatively quickly. So I think, I think this is probably my lull episode where I'm like, meh, but I, I'm, excited or you know optimistic about the ability for them to sort of like uh jam pack that drama next week just in the in the nature of the length of the show (laughs) i love that no i agree with you i do appreciate the structure and things being a little more uh tightly knit and concise in you know after suffering through peter's season and every monday asking myself what happened nothing happened uh i do like this little compact drama packed a series we have going on as we wrap it up here we got some teasers next week it looks like sheridan grows a pair there's more julia drama i'm excited to see everything implode um but on the opposite note of that if you had to pull for one couple as they stand who is your favorite oh man honestly actually no i i Ryan and Natasha, that's my pick. I Chris and Bree are so solid, it bores me. Ryan and Natasha, I have the most hope for, I guess. There seems like there's the most potential for growth. <laughs> wow, okay, I was going to say the same thing, so I'm kind of annoyed because I thought you were going to say uh, Bree and Chris, but I agree with you. It's almost too good to be true. Like, if they left the show, I wouldn't be sad, and I would just be happy for them to go live their life. Um, they've been at the end point since like the first episodes so it's like congratulations for modeling a a healthy personal professional relationship but like I'm I'm here to see see the journey the journey every time they say journey a part of me dies I hate that word I'm just like is this a journey like how many people can relate to this journey it's insane a journey (laughs) this is silly I feel like now I'm going on a journey with them uh, but yeah, like you said, we are taking our way through, um, a short series here. We're nearing the end. We're kind of over the hump. We have more performances next week, more chaos. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up here, Shay, because I feel like we've, we've said all we had to say about their performances and next week, I think we'll have a lot of, a lot of drama to talk about. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready for this. We're still I'm all excited. <laughs> We're still all in. Um, if we haven't convinced you guys to watch, catch up. It's only a mere six hours of television you've missed. Uh, Shay and I are live tweeting it every week. You should go give us a follow on Twitter. You should also follow our fan-sided entertainment on Twitter, where Shay is becoming the meme queen. And, uh, you know, listen to this podcast. We're here to talk reality television, Bachelor Nation, all those fun things. We're recapping every Tuesday Um, We love hearing from you guys. Give us a like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And we hope you tune in next week. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.